and welcome to our third episode of Otaku in Training. I'm your host, LB. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, CT. Evening, folks. And our panel of anime noobs, uh, Bama. Hello. And Brandon. Howdy. So, alright, for so the first two episodes... Uh, we've basically kind of worked out the format. We've kind of worked out how we want to do things. Basically, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be taking turns, LB and CT, I mean, uh, recommending series to our panel, and we'll be discussing them in turn. The first episode, we did Madoka Magica. The second episode, we did Fully Cooly. For the third episode, it was my turn to recommend a series again. And after the rough time that a couple of us had with Fooly Cooly, I wanted mm-hmm. to kind of throw a softball at our panel. And so I went with a series that isn't too out there. It isn't too madcap or insane in any way. It's just a sweet, you know, story that most people I think could get into. And that would be Yuri on Ice. Uh, so before we get into our primary discussion, I want to, again, ask Bama and Brandon, uh, a quick question, but we'll start with Bama. Uh, Bama, this was, this softball was mostly aimed towards you, uh, <laughs> partially because I knew that you had a rough time with Fully Cooly, and partially because this is a series that your girlfriend has been trying to get you to watch for a while, and she's mentioned that to me, so I kind of threw, so that kind of swayed me a little bit. Had you heard much beyond what Andy had told you about it, or had you even heard much about it from Andy, other than, you know, you should be watching this? Not really, and to the point where I wasn't sure if the sport in question was figure skating or curling or exactly what was going on. All I knew was that it was uh, something about someone on ice, and I knew it was a love story. And I tend to be pretty skeptical of love stories, so... I was fairly resistant the entire time I was watching it. I was going on and on about how much I loved it. And my wife was going on and on about how she had been trying to get me to watch this for a while. All right. Uh, Brandon, how about you? Had you, this was a series that had that kind of exploded in 2016. It kind of took over the anime community quite heavily, but I'm curious to know, had you ever heard about it before? Had it ever crossed your attention ever before? Uh, Yeah, actually this one was um, kind of exploded through the video game sphere too. The folks that were, big into anime who also played games were like going nuts over it when it first came out um and so i i had heard of it uh i knew that it was figure skating and about uh a queer couple sort of i didn't know how like in the text that actually was um and so i did actually at one point a few years ago i was like okay you know what like everybody is talking about this and I watched the first episode and I actually bounced off of it 
from like the secondhand embarrassment of the first episode okay, uh, and, and then didn't watch the rest of it until this okay uh so ct as the you're the more experienced one i can't remember had you ever watched this one before or is this something yeah, that was, was new to you as well no i was watching it weekly okay uh, cool so the, uh, as you state like 2016 was picking up 2017 2018 were the years where i was watching the most and this was this was definitely an unavoidable series so uh i i watched it live as it were okay so all right uh now that we've kind of got that out of the way got the preliminaries out of the way uh we're gonna go ahead actually let me sorry go for it I should have raised my hand. Uh, but before we got off Brandon entirely, I was a little bit more curious about what what specifically was coming in from the sort of gamer uh, otaku hybrid end. Was it just people chatting about it? Was it like screenshot sharing? Were there memes going around? Because uh, I'm not sure what you're involved in and what communities. I, I know what to expect from and a Twitter and, uh, and various discords, but I'm, I'm a little bit more curious just how it was being received in that community. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't necessarily like following those people for anime and a lot of them were primarily like games journalist type folks. So they mostly stayed on brand with the, what the kinds of things that they tend to talk about, but it was absolutely something that, uh, I maybe saw like people would post like maybe one screenshot, like some kind of key art or something, but it was almost entirely just people saying, Hey, if you like anime, you need to watch this, especially queer folk. I think okay. people were kind of pushing like, Hey, this is something that like is really fantastic. I love it. It's, it's amazing. Um, and you should watch it. And people were, very conservative about what they were actually sharing about the show gotcha okay so it wasn't into the nitty-gritty of the show it was just being being shared on twitter as in just encouraging the their followers to pick it up and and watch yeah a lot of um a lot of comments like in passing but not in depth uh to the same degree so, alright, uh, getting into the series itself, uh, as, as with previous episodes, we're kind of, kind of assuming that anyone listening to this has a base knowledge of what the series is about. Uh, just very quickly, it's an ice skating series about Yuri Kotsky, who finished last place at a big ice skating competition. He's a worldwide comp competitor uh but he basically just reaches a point where he's ready to retire due to a series of losses and disappointments uh until his favorite ice skater in the world victor victor decides <laughs> to come to japan <laughs> i know after we had the air owie incident i'm nervous about foreign names now Yes, but, we should probably apologize in advance on the amount of butchering that will likely go on uh, while we're trying to think of and mention certain skaters. Yeah, this is true. 
But basically, Yuri goes back to his hometown and is surprised to learn that his favorite ice skater in the world, Victor, is coming there to be his coach after he sees a video of Yuri. Uh, we're going to be referring to them as Yuri and Yurio, by the way, just to keep any confusion to a minimum. Thank uh, you. Yeah, after uh, seeing a video of Yuri doing one of his routines, he decides to come out there and be his coach. Uh, so that's basically kind of the first episode. Uh, so, Brandon, I want to start with you, actually, because you said something interesting earlier. You said that you watched the first episode and then bounced out. What was it about the first episode that turned you off that didn't make you want to continue it at the time? Uh, it was definitely the secondhand embarrassment. Like the main character Yuri is going through a lot of stuff in that first episode. Uh -huh. uh, and a lot of it has to deal with um, his feelings of failure and not living up to what he thinks people expect of him. And um, some ribbing about the fact that he's put on weight. And um, so like he, he is, frequently embarrassed in that first episode quite a bit and i've never been great with secondhand embarrassment like it it really kind of does me in um and so i i had a lot of issues watching it the first time through did you have a better experience this time around with the first couple of episodes did were you able to handle it a little bit more or were you having to kind of force your way through until it got you know a little bit lighter in that regard uh, the second time watching the first episode, I was like, wow, this is actually really cleverly handled. Uh, like I could see how I could see better how they were playing with the view of like, what is he seeing versus what does he think others are seeing? And even what, um, he thinks of that, um, even to the point of, like originally I was very confused by the way it kept changing the art style it was using for him because <laughs> it kept talking about how like, Oh, he's put on weight and he hasn't really done a whole lot of skating and whatever. And uh, so it's poking fun at like what you think would be preventing him from really doing great. And then like the end of the episode is him just coming out of the gate and crushing like a world-class uh, routine and looking fantastic while doing it. I was like, what the hell is even going on here? <laughs> but then like you watching it again, I was kind of like, Oh, this is how he thinks people see him is as this overweight washed out skater. But like when he is around somebody who he's really enthusiastic about showing his skating to he, he, the way he is portrayed in the show changes and that made it a lot easier for me to like digest uh so bama how about you what were your reactions to the first you know couple of episodes the introduction of yuri and victor and the introduction of their relationship uh well the first remnants that eventually becomes their relationship but what were your very first reactions 
I was actually fairly close to Bran. I, I wasn't that impressed with the first episode until Victor just exploded onto the scene in in all of his extremely flamboyant glory. Mm. And uh, because, yes, Yuri is the first time we meet Yuri, he's crying in a bathroom and getting chewed out by Yurio. And it's 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 a little intense. That's that's an intense way to meet a character. Um, I, I was a little worried that this was going to be a very heavy show, but um, no, it, it's it's not. And uh, and and I also loved the way he was skating when he was by himself. Although I interpreted it as closer to this was more he was just doing this for himself he just he wanted to skate for himself right then and he just happened to do an amazing job and then the next thing you know victor is kind of exploding into his life it was uh and after that it gets a lot more light-hearted and the lightheartedness I just absolutely adored. <laughs> With the first, you know, couple of episodes, we we get introduced to Victor, we get introduced to Yurio, and we have the competition between the two of them. I'm curious to know what everyone's thoughts are with the presentation of that competition. One thing I really enjoyed about this show is how they pre as their choice to present the competition aspects as though you're actually watching a competition complete with a commentator in the background uh i thought that that was just a really interesting uh pre presentation choice and i'm kind of curious what everybody else thinks about that uh ct you've been kind of quiet lately uh do you want to pop in i guess i can well i mean the the presentation, of course, is uh, a, a competition in this case. It is a full-on event with with press and everything when they're uh, when they're pulled together. You mean the actual uh, uh, what is it, hot spring on ice event? Yeah, and not just their training. Yeah, right. well, so, I uh, mean, yeah, we can definitely go over the training again in just a little bit. But I'm yeah, I kind of jumped forward a bit. Sure. Uh, Avi, this I think this was a good way to do it because the rest of the series is going to immediately jump into doing explicitly competitions. I mean, what they're all doing is going to be Grand Prix preliminary rounds and then the Grand Prix finals. It's all going to be commentated and everything else. So this is a very small scale version of it we've gotten to see a little bit of a a, a teeny weeny training arc uh <laughs> and we get to uh we get to see uh yuri the yuris and victor bouncing off each other and then going head to head and we get to see uh a bit more from you know of the of the actual aspirations and ability of uh yuri specifically but we also we get to have it not just through his internal monologuing or Victor's reactions, but also from an actual speaker talking about it. And because we're going to have to be kind of expressly 
given directions later on in the series, it made sense to have a little mini competition to bridge uh, him getting out of his funk and going into what he feels will be his last competitive circuit because he's got this opportunity that uh, that he did not have before and doesn't want to go to waste. Uh, Bama, how about you? How, how are you feeling about like the first after the first episode when Yurio enters Japan and goes ahead and they start training together and the competition of the hot springs on ice. Uh, what were you feeling around this point? Were What were your first initial thoughts about Yuria in particular? I'm curious what you thought. I honestly thought that Yurio was going to be a bit more of a villain. I didn't expect to love him so much. <laughs> and I, I really did. About this time in the in the series, after the first, you know, you're starting to get into episode two and three. I was uh, this time around instead of uh, dubbed, I was watching a subbed version, and I don't usually do that because I like to draw while I'm watching anime. Uh huh. So I wasn't able to do that this time, and it was absolutely the right decision, a hundred percent just to hear Victor say wow <laughs> in English <laughs> all those times it was it was a hundred percent great because he he would do it would just all of a sudden just he'd be chattering away in Japanese and then all of a sudden he would say wow excellent and I'm like oh I understood that <laughs> the, the other thing that uh should amuse everyone was uh my boyfriend's favorite Japanese food is katsudan <laughs> to the point that Does- I didn't recognize. Yeah, that's what a um, pork cutlet is. (laughs) (gasps) And I, they must pronounce it slightly different because I I kept listening for Katsudan and I couldn't quite get it, at least not the way we say it. And after we finished the series, we went to our favorite Japanese place and I did not get Katsudan because Katsudan is not that good. (laughs) It's okay if you have curry on it. So I had Katsudan with curry. But yeah, every time he said pork cutlet, I was just like, Katsudan, where did they say that? I didn't hear them say that. And Andy's about to die laughing. (laughs) The other thing um, I was absolutely in love with, especially in the early parts, was the animation. Mm -hmm. When they are training and you can see their shirt tails ride up, just flapping. And you can see the, the, the belly underneath that and just that detail absolutely blew my mind a little later on after you've been watching it in the later episodes and they're kind of reusing some of the animation and it was a little less amazing but that that first bit just absolutely blew my mind away and yeah it did feel a little like a cross between watching an anime and watching a an an ice skating competition Mm mm-hmm so that I had that thought as well. Uh, so Brandon, what were you thinking around the first, you know, two or three episodes? What were you connecting with any of the characters? Were did you have any strong opinions about any of them going into the hot springs on ice competition? Um, I mean, I had a lot of opinions. <clears throat> uh, I mean, even just down to like, I was like, oh man. Yuri's parents actually seem pretty 
chill and supportive. Um, which I was like, that's kind of a nice feeling, right? Like so many, uh, at least Western sports things, even if it's not necessarily the primary thing, there's like so much antagonism that, I mean, a lot of it is just steeped in like toxically masculine issues. Um, and it was kind of nice to not see that for the most part, except for maybe Yurio. Um, he, he was so like hardcore about everything. Uh, I think hmm. I, so I, I was, my first like reaction to Yurio was actually Bakugo from, uh, my hero academia. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, I kind of feel like I've seen this character, but like when, when they came around to like the, the training and, you know, helping each other. And I was like, Oh, this is not that like he's hardcore, but he's human, which is nice. You know, um, the competition I thought uh, in particular, I got a real kick out of my wife is huge into like gymnastics uh, she did gymnastics like straight through high school and everything. And so she like, she watches it religiously with the Olympics and the um, run up to it and qualifying and all that kind of stuff. And like the way they handle competitions in this, like this first competition kind of shows that this, at least as far as I can see that this is also being made by people who really love figure skating, right? Like mm -hmm. it's not just a, like people that make say miracle, which is a hockey movie about, you know, the American team going up against the Russian team in the Olympics, even though we're using amateurs, right? Like that doesn't have to be made by somebody who loves hockey, but this like, they're putting so much effort into like the textures of the costumes and the way people are twisting in the terminology, uh, what the th different elements represent and the framing of it in the broadcast is so familiar from watching various like gymnastic meets and things that uh, like it really conveys that the figure skating is important. It's not just important to the characters. Like it's important to like, the themes of what's happening in this show. And I, I think it goes a long way towards really what makes this show so good. <laughs> uh, CT, did you have anything that you wanted to ask about or anything you wanted to bring up before we kind of brush along to towards the middle of the series? Uh, I guess I'll mention one of the things the, the rewatch helped, uh, and I think rewatching this, uh, instead of weekly, but actually marathoning it, uh, helped me with it a, a bit more than what I remembered from, uh, from watching it week to week over the, over the season the last time, uh, because there'll be some criticism of certain things later. I'd like to focus on some of the mini storytelling because the, the number of characters that you run across in this happen so fast and uh, furious that you'll get these tiny little mini storytelling things. And some of them are kind of nice efforts. Some of them don't come off too well, uh, but some of them are, are really 
good. And one in particular, uh, I very much love in the, because we're still in the first episode here, and uh, obviously our lens is Yuri's complete uh, career collapse in, in front of him, despite effectively hitting the, some of the top six skaters in, in the men's competitive singles to get into the Grand Prix finals. He, uh, he blows it out and then the rest of his competitive season goes with it. Uh, so he's back home. And to me, it's an interesting perspective from the sports series lens, because you usually start with, you know, from the perspective of the young neophyte who's never seen uh, uh, the actual sport before, but discovers it and happens to be amazing at it. Or you have the uh, person who's been, you know, training since they were five years old and is at the top of the uh, top of the world when when they're starting. And it's about uh, bringing everyone into a team thing. That's very much the driving force of uh, of most of the main you know sports anime titles and in here you're i i like the perspective of starting from yuri who's been skating in a while and is uh, accomplished but is you know in a in a complete downward spiral and you get kind of a weird um it almost feels like a red herring unless you know the the yaoi elements going into the show, the fact that he comes back home and he sees Yuko, his best friend, who's uh, working at the skating rink. She's the one to whom he dedicates uh, the routine of victors that he has learned to perspective and really wants her to see it. And we get flashbacks of them as kids and her helping him from a uh, bully, as it were, but then you quickly flash forward to them as uh, 12-year-olds kind of watching Victor and all becoming inspired and working together, and you're busy saying, oh, okay, here's the two characters who will become the uh, romantic partners, and she'll pull him out of something, and something else will happen. It's, a, it's like, here's the stereotypical uh, uh, romantic sports entry point uh, for his turnaround story, which is immediately tossed because while he's busy seeing all of the, uh, uh, you know, the old uh, uh, flashback scenes with her, uh, we then see her with her pack of kids, best girl in the series being triplets, which is great. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> and she's married to that other guy, the one who was bullying him as a kid. And you see that all of them, you get a very small bit of storytelling just from a couple flashback scenes and what happens during his uh, setup to bringing Victor over his uh, his skating that routine. Uh, and in all of that, you get a, a, a lot of character connections and you feel a lot between them and specifically his particular love of skating, even though he feels like he hasn't lived up to either his love of it or others' hopes for him in it, we still get to see it, and we still get to see the people who've been important to him 
in getting to where he is. And then, of course, we're introduced to the people who will be taking him, you know, much further up in the world stage. But that particular tiny bit of storytelling, just the flashback scenes with uh, with Yuko and Takeshi and then the, uh, the, the reveal in the skating, I, I thought was a, a sort of an immaculate tiny slice of uh, storytelling for a bunch of characters and a bunch of history uh, at the same time. It's a little, uh, I, don't, I didn't really notice that the first time around, but this next time I was able to appreciate much more about, uh, about that specifically before going. Before going in, I think it's uh, it, it definitely uh, you know rewards rewatching and paying attention to uh, to certain things and occasionally crashing stuff behind it. <laughs> uh, Brandon, do you had something you wanted to say? Uh, well, first of all, that was my cat <clears throat> who is uh, very interested in the little slice of pizza I have over here. Uh, <laughs> so, sorry about that. Uh, yeah, so like you're saying, like the, the small stories that are in this are in really great. Like, like I said, with the, um, the ways that his art style is changed is something that I saw. And then like later they're literally talking about like how people perceive you as a core part of figure skating. Um, and so like, I think there's a lot of subtext and I don't know, maybe this one is just one that I'm kind of reading into, but like even within that little story, I felt like there was this, like she ends up with this guy who was like, like bullying Yuri as a kid. And it feels like this is the, Oh, she probably would have been with Yuri, but Yuri's not straight. (laughs) And so she settled on this guy and like, I, I, I maybe a subtext that I'm just kind of reading too much into, but like, it feels like this show does a lot of nuance like that, where there's stories within the stories where it addresses certain aspects of like the things that uh, queer people go through, but without lingering on them um, and the weird things that happen as a result. Um, and so like, that is one of those instances where like on a rewatch, I was like, Oh, so they are sort of setting up this romantic thing. And then they're like, but then he became basically her gay best friend for lack of a better term. And they were, what they did was figure skating. He was the guy that got the figure skating thing. And so like just small stuff like that, I think is really interesting to, to this show. Uh, Bama, you want to jump in? Yeah, I I just wanted to say I got a very bi vibe from both Yuri and Victor, actually. Ditto. And yes, when I saw the, when I saw um, Yuri and I can't remember her name, okay. but I, I remember turning to Andy and saying, I absolutely approve of Yuri's taste in both men and women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and fortunately by then I was already fairly sold on the fact that it, this was going to be a queer love story and, and not a straight one. I, I tend to be more accepting of the queer love stories than the straight ones. I think it's because they don't, 
straight love stories are so entangled in, uh, you know, some very Hollywood, Hollywood's idea of what each gender should be. And it, that that's kind of frustrating, but, um, yeah, I, I, it was about this time I realized that I don't think we did this intentionally, but we're kicking off pride week with we're pride month with Yuri on ice. Oh yeah. And, <laughs> And that's kind of awesome. Go us. <laughs> uh, CT, you had something? Okay. Uh, yeah, I was going to weigh in. I think I know one of the criticisms of the show is that it seems to rose color lens what, uh, you know, gay folk and specifically skaters would have experienced uh in life and uh in sport and i suppose in a single core show that's really trying to highlight uh everyone and you know them uh just being themselves it's probably a bit heavier a topic than they wanted to handle or could handle well but uh LB, you can also weigh in on this. I think they were pretty explicitly revealing that there were, if not by vibes, then it came down to the not really thinking about it uh, too much or not uh, uh, revealing it to themselves. Uh, Japan is still fairly repressed repressed there's still no uh gay marriage out there at this point and i believe from the story text uh it seemed to be implied that the girl who was composing the music for yuri on ice was someone who he was probably sort of relationshiply involved with because uh he mentioned that it things got embarrassing after that uh, when he didn't go through and uh, have her finish the music and uh, and skate to it. And uh, in one of the scenes where Victor is uh, uh, talking to Yuri in relationships, Yuri is not experienced at all, which is common enough, especially for that kind of type and design of the character. But Victor wanted to talk about, uh, you know, old girlfriends and was going to start talking about his first girlfriend. So, yeah, definitely... Uh, you know, at least a a buy-through line from both of them or a a bit of, uh, you know, repression or or hiddenness and not really realizing uh, things fully until uh, Yuri, at least, was able to be within proximity of, of Victor and feel different things than he had previously. During that scene when Victor and Yuri are kind of on the beach and talking about old flames and old lovers and that kind of thing, did Victor actually say old girlfriends or did he say lovers? I can't remember exactly. Girlfriend was in the subtitle, but I do not. That did, you know, ping on me specifically because of what we know is coming. Uh, But... I couldn't tell you offhand if that was literally from the translation. Of course, that's what was translated in the subtitles. Okay, uh, cool. No worries. Do you know, I assume you were dubbing it up? 
Yep, I was dubbing it. Okay. Do you do you recall what was there? I think he said lovers in the dub, but I'm not a hundred percent about that. I can't remember the exact quote. Either way, Victor transcends sexuality. So, <laughs> uh, Bama, you have something? Uh, yes, I wanted to say I think I remember from the sub him uh, Victor saying both lovers and girlfriends. Okay, yeah, probably. Sure. And um, you know, I never got the impression that i don't know i to me he seemed straight up bi and i'm completely cool with that because i'm bi um the only thing i i y'all are kind of wishing you had a visual of my facial expression when um ct mentioned that people are upset about it being so rose colored in the uh figure skating community Victor is straight up Russian. <laughs> His government would throw him in jail that, for this. Right, but that. And, yeah, sorry, that that's it, it, it can, yeah. <laughs> like, whoa, dude! <laughs> no, <laughs> figure skating, heck, he's got way worse problems than that. Uh, uh, to to clarify, I think that's specifically what they meant because <laughs> of the fact that Russia is so, uh, uh, you know, harsh on it because. It's like it's alighting these cultural problems that exist still in Japan and especially in Russia about it by not by it not intersecting with the story at all. Yes, it it almost felt uh, very poignant in that regard. Honestly, i i was uh, I was surprised at how poignant it really felt, considering that. For the most part, I'm I'm literally yelling at the TV. Oh my God, they're so cute! At the top of my lungs, to to my girlfriend's amusement and my boyfriend's annoyance. <laughs> Brandon, you want to jump in? Yeah, yeah. It was just like I feel like it's I can understand the criticism of like the rose tinted glasses or whatever, but I think that the show is very aware of what it's doing and it does it intentionally because especially in Western culture in particular, a lot of queer love stories like this are very steeped in the trauma and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, And I feel like this show is aware of that kind of thing from Western culture. Uh, It seems to want to acknowledge that that's a thing, but is doesn't want to get, dragged down by it it wants to just present this story in a way that is actually happy because like um i I, when south park stick of truth came out or or fractured butthole they had a whole thing (laughs) about like um you could uh the difficulty slider would darken your skin and you would deal with racism as part of the game to make it harder and Black critics were like, yeah, but I live that shit on a regular basis and I don't <laughs> want to when I play a game sometimes. And I think this is that, right? It's that trauma. I know so many people that have experienced that kind of trauma and I don't want to live it, but it is in this show, right? Like Yuri is 23 and has never dated as far as we can tell. That didn't happen by accident. That's touching on an aspect of 
queer culture that has very much happened a little less so now, I think, but like when I was even a teenager, like I know a fair number of people that didn't come out until late in high school or in college who didn't date. Like it was very common. Like you'd be like people that knew what was going on would be like, that person has never dated somebody of the opposite sex. They're probably gay. Um, and that's like a real thing. The There's a, a, a scene later in this series about the, there's like rings and stuff involved and we'll get to it later. But that very specifically does not happen in Japan or Russia. And that's intentional, you know, like it knows that those things exist and it acknowledges them without having to tread through it and bring the trauma and just let people be happy about it. And I, I think that's good. <laughs> I I will add in this case that I, I think in indeed there is, you know, that I think there's a kind, there's at least a level of a breath of fresh air specifically about uh, explicit yaoi media in anime and manga, because usually it's very much steeped in, a doomed forbidden love genre, uh, uh, dr- drama rather, uh, and also tends to tread into some dark and uh, problematic relationship types, uh, which uh, is kind of part and parcel for when it uh, when it occurs. I think. Lately, we've gotten some uh, much better media. I think Yuri on Ice is, uh, is to thank for some of the modern other series like uh, Given and other ones, which are much more inspirational without having to feel like that they're just ignoring everything. But I, I kind of think there is a level of... Uh, uh, <laughs> overexposure to a certain type of storytelling that uh, would get uh, too much in in the rut for uh, for it to be encouragingly representational. So I don't know, uh, LB, you probably have more uh, exposure to again more media of the type, either Yaoi or or Yuri, explicit or not. I'm not sure how. Uh, how that occurs to you, Yuri on Ice, and and sort of some modern storytelling uh, in comparison to what you've seen previously? Uh, in my case, I mean, when I first started watching anime and I first started really getting into it and I was consuming, you know, any title that I could get my hands on, I did watch, you know, a little bit of BL. I watched a little bit of Yuri, you know, just little bits here and there. But I never really got into the genre that deeply. Uh, I have a couple of titles that I really enjoyed watching back in the day. But yeah, I agree that for the most part, they were done as forbidden love stories uh, for the that's basically kind of what we got, especially the Yuri stories where like 90% of them took place at Catholic high schools. <laughs> where, where else would you take place? Come on. 
yeah, so you know, so that was kind of what we got before. So yeah, I do agree that Yuri on Ice did a really big service to the genre as a whole by knocking down doors, breaking the ceiling, however you want to phrase it. Uh, I think that what we're getting now in the twenty in the twenty twenties is in thanks in large part to what Yuri on Ice did. It proved that you can have a serious gay love story and it doesn't have to be played up for laughs. It doesn't have to be played up as tragic. It can just be a story. Doesn't have to be super lovers. <laughs> So, uh, getting into the middle of the series, uh, episodes like four through seven or so, this is when Yuri is starting to having to go through the national championships in order to make it into the Grand Prix qualifiers. Uh, we meet some of his younger fans, uh, like, oh, what was his name? Um... The, the other Japanese skaters? Yeah. Oh, uh, Minami? Minami. Yeah. Minami. Excuse me. I'm sorry that I blanked on that. But we started getting into that. The thing that I really liked about these set of episodes, though, is we knew that Yuri was going to make it into the Grand Prix. I mean, the series would be kind of short if he went to the <laughs> and just kind He's of failed out. right there. <laughs> It would kind of eliminate most of the series right there. But what I really liked about these episodes is that knowing that um, even when I was watching it weekly, you know, I knew, okay, this is just kind of the next step that he's going through. But what I'm getting at is that these episodes really set up the sense of humor that this series has. The first three episodes, we got some humor, but it wasn't until these episodes that this joke started to come a little more frequently with like Victor chewing him out and the speech going super, super, super fast. <laughs> things like things of that sort. Uh, and other thing and the other little bits that we got along the way. And I'm curious, um, did this did these episodes hit in a different way for everybody since they were kind of la since you were able to laugh a little bit more of the characters now that Yuri was kind of breaking out of his funk just a little bit more, not entirely out of it, but he was starting to come out of his shell a little bit more again and having more fun with Victor. Uh, Bama, let's go ahead and start with you. Uh, with these middle episodes, what were you thinking uh did the sense of humor hit you particularly well it did i really enjoyed the humor i the most vivid memory i've got from the middle episodes was when i i i, I turned to andy and i i was very sad to see yurio heading back to russia and she said don't worry he's still in the series <laughs> and i was because that was a lot of it. We we're, we just, we started to get what you were talking about earlier with the very minor storytelling, the the little um his tie friend, just just glimpses of the rest of the lives. It, it reminded me a little of Stephen King, who is fantastic with humor. I mean, if 
fight me. I'll 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 die on this. He's a hilarious comedian. I don't know why he's known for horror. He, uh, whenever he cracks a joke, I am rolling. <laughs> and uh, and also his ability to make even the smallest characters, you can just sense that there's a full character with an entire story back there. And, and that's fascinating for me with Stephen King. And it was fascinating for me here. I could really... I was starting to see other characters and I could really get a feel for them and and wonder if we could learn more about them so that part was was really interesting this is also about where i started to really just go bananas this is where the um animation kind of peaked for me because you're you're seeing all the these very detailed and intricate movements with the figure skaters and then they've got the stock footage of the, <laughs> of the the crowds, but it felt almost intentional. It was like we're not you're not supposed to be looking at the crowds. You're supposed to be paying attention to the figure skaters, and it it, it felt intentional and, and and it made a lot of sense. And I I, I really loved it. I this was this was really great. I, that that was the animation peak for me. <laughs> it's actually really. It's kind of funny to me that you bring up his Thai friend Peachheat uh, and the full story behind the different side characters throughout the story. One thing that I found hilarious is that Peachheat actually became a really popular character when this series was first airing to the point where, if you recall, when Peachheat is skating during uh, one of the qualifiers they talk about how the music he's using is from this ice skating movie and fans were, and the ice skating movie is fictional, but fans were so into this character that the creators actually had to create this story for that fictional ice skating movie (laughs) and publish it online because fans were wanting to know what this movie was about. (laughs) That was so inspirational for Peachy. I am not surprised, and I, 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 I want to know who I, who I need to petition to get a JJ spinoff. I, right. I want to see more JJ. <laughs> Peachy was my favorite until I until JJ was introduced, and now I'm like, no, I, I want to see what happens next in JJ's life. I know that comes later, and I, I tried to wait, but. We're talking about JJ here, JJ style. Yeah. I'm doing the hand thing. You can't see it because it's a podcast. Uh, Brandon, how about you? How are you reacting to these middle episodes and the sense of humor being introduced a little bit more? You know, actually, this the this section actually lost me a little bit. I just like it the show had been great on characters and whatnot. Um, but it pivoted to this wider cast of characters that it was trying to talk about. And some of which just kind of disappear if I recall mm-hmm. correctly. Yeah. Um, and, and so it, it felt like this was a transitionary period from taking the, the building it did in the first three episodes and pivoting to what the show would 
continue to be about is these competitions and a larger cast of characters that are characters that have depth and stories of their own. Uh, but it, it felt a little bit empty watching this particular like first real competition that I didn't quite enjoy the competition as much. I loved all of the stuff with Yuri and Victor and Yurio and the actual things that they were doing and their growth. Um, and I was living for that. Uh, but the, the most of the competition stuff, uh, up until, uh, I just said his name, uh, Manami, Manami, Minami. Yeah. Um, that, that particular part was fantastic. Um, but the rest of it, I, I actually, this was kind of the low point. I was like, mm, not feeling it. And then like, it started to ramp up at the end of these three episodes and then just kept going. <laughs> so one thing that with the humor of this series that I want to bring up, because I remember I was talking about the show weekly on a podcast as it was airing with some other people. And one thing that we all found really hilarious at the time were when the triplets would pop in and go, oh, by the way, we're going to explain this aspect of figure skating. <laughs> uh, and one thing, one part in particular that happened was when they popped in and go, oh, Yuri's parents somehow parents don't been. know how figure skating <laughs> works. And it's yeah. like, I he is a worldwide... <laughs> famous figure yeah. skater and they have no idea how it works something about that does not add up yeah the amount of dedication oh, yeah. parents need to give a sport any sports competitor of that caliber is is gigantic so i th i particularly love right is that you watch the show and if you pay attention in the first at the very beginning like there's a, there's a point where his dad is like, oh, he looks kind of like his mom, right? But like he doesn't ha have any concept of that mattering, right? Like mm -hmm. he's just saying that his son has put on weight and looks a little bit more like his mom now. Whereas the ballet teacher is talking about like how catastrophic this is for, for a figure skater. And so like that stuff is like right there in the very beginning. You can see that the parents care. But they have no idea what the hell is going on, but they still care a lot. And like, as the show goes on, it's like in this particular section, even where it's starting to be like, yes, this is part of it. Like Yuri is, is recognizing, hey, I'm not alone, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and and he recognizes that they care, even if they don't understand. And again, this is, yeah. Maybe it's a little bit rose-tinted, but it's great that it actually exists in something. Uh, Bama, you wanted to jump in? I just wanted to say that it might have been my imagination, and it might have been me remembering a different character, but when the triplet said that his family didn't know anything about it, I have a memory of his mom's facial expression not changing at all, <laughs> and his dad kind of going, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> because it was such a and i just loved that i thought that was hilarious <laughs> because yes you're you're very you're incredibly supportive parents don't have any that are very bad at this and that's, that, that's what you said they're very bad at this so we will explain it so i was like they're not bad at this but i am tell me 
uh, I will add that it's uh, both hilarious and a little bit cruel that Yuko and Takeshi called their kids Axel, Lutz, and Loop. Yeah. That, that's <laughs> that's going to journey with them. Although technically it does make me want a sequel to Yuri on Ice that is not about Yuri and Victor and them so much as it's like 12 years in the future and we have Axel Lutz and Loop <laughs> in <laughs> the skating community as like uh, a skater and a promoter. <laughs> I want to see what uh, utter uh, uh, savage alterations to the entire field of competitive figure skating they would bring about. A sea change is coming. So, alright. Uh, the next big point in the series that I want to bring up is the kiss at the end of episode 7 between Victor and Yuri, because this was another big explosion point when the series was first airing. The reaction videos to this moment were absolutely hysterical to watch because the reactions that people were giving were ranging from absolute total shock to complete excitement. There weren't really any negative reactions that I saw. But the shock and excitement that people were giving about this was really was really funny to me, particularly because if I recall correctly, the website Anime News Network, like the week before that moment happened, published an article basically saying what's so gay about Yuri on Ice. <laughs> and then that moment happened and it's like, oh that would be it. So yeah, so that was a really big moment for me, for everybody when this series, it's basically the very last chance that anybody had that they could deny that this was going to be a BL series uh, until that, and think until that moment. And I'm kind of curious, did that moment catch anybody else off guard as they were watching it for the first time? Uh, we'll go ahead. We'll start with Bama. Did you see that coming at all? Did it hit you at all in any way? Well, um, this is where I have to make a confession. I was scared. I was not going to be able to finish the series. So I looked it up on Wikipedia and spoilered myself <laughs> and I'm not mad at myself about that. So I was I was watching for a kiss and I was waiting for a kiss and it was so brief. I was like, what, was that it? Because it looked, it was so brief that I was like, well, clearly they're hugging and it looks very intimate to me, but it still felt like it had some plausible deniability. And I'm not complaining. That's a, that's not a complaint. I was, it was just kind of interesting to me. It 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 was um. It wasn't what I was expecting, I guess. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, Brandon, how about you? How did that moment hit you at all? Did it have any uh, hit? Did it hit you at all in, in any way? I'm sorry, I'm tripping over my words right now. <laughs> I, it was awesome. Like, it, it was that's that's the, the surprise, right? Where he's like, I needed to surprise you how, like you surprised me. 
Yeah. Oh man, that was great. I was just like, well, you certainly surprised me. And I'm sitting, I'm basically sitting there by myself. I think it was like early in the morning, my wife was sleeping and I'm sitting there like silently kind of like doing a fist pump, like, yeah, way to go. You know, like I was, <laughs> it was excitement, right? I, I was, there's a lot of emotion there and it was moving in that regard. But like, part of it was just like, hey, you did the thing. The thing happened. Like, way to go, guys. You know, like this this step has happened now. Um, and I, yeah, I love that. I think I'm going to contradict and say, uh, at the time, I, I was not surprised my approach on it was specific because I got to say, there was a lot of plausible deniability there. And there had been a lot of, you know, there had been enough lead up and there'd been enough shared moments uh, and closeness. And certainly the, the scene coming in was that of a normal lip lock, but I've watched way too many of these damn shows where (laughs) that's a fake out. And the scene after it was definitely not uh, a kissable scene. Their lips were past each other to the point where that was part of a hug. So it could have been a lips brushing each other. It could have been another thing. But I'm like, I don't think physics would have allowed them to smush their heads in together at that particular angle. And so what I was hoping from the other ones and i remember at the time there were people talking about it like oh my god they kiss and then other people with like a you know a cut out magnification of it no they definitely didn't and i'm just sitting there in the school of it could be either Hmm. at the very least show do not leave that being the only uh, uh, you know, implication that we get from it. Don't do the thing where you leave it so that, you know, the the Chinese censors don't have to uh, uh, do ban your movie uh, or, and that kind of thing. Don't leave it at such a loose implication that people can make of it exactly what they will. Uh, I mean, one certainly assumes, especially by the end of the show that yes, that's what happened, but they did not have to play it out that way. So my hope was that there would be more development in that regards. And there's a lot of explicit development in that regard, <laughs> even though there's still some deniability because Victor is known for screwing around and stuff. So, uh, however, it, you know, by the end, it all comes uh, together and gels nicely, but I was my my appreciation of the end of episode seven was different because I was simply hoping that wouldn't be the only thing we got out of the show. All right. So moving into the last about third of the series, uh, this is when the series starts moving into the final Uh, qualifying rounds we're starting to get into the grand prix and all the other characters are really starting the major the major players are starting to come into more focus we're getting a better idea of 
who's going to be the main focus, who's going to be going to the Grand Prix, and who's going to be going home. It was mentioned earlier that a lot of characters get introduced within these middle episodes, and a lot of them go on, and then a lot of them go home and become, you know, just little side characters who might get a little bit of screen time later on, but for the most part, they're kind of gone. Um... Bama has already made it pretty clear who her favorite <laughs> character was going into these uh, last four, four or five episodes. Brandon, did you have a favorite from who was going into the Grand Prix? Did you have like anybody who was standing out to you as someone that you wanted to see? you know, either continue and do well in the Grand Prix or even just if you wanted to see more of on screen? Uh, I mean, once I got a feel for all of them, like I was kind of rooting for all of them. Like the only one, the only one where I'm like, mm, man, that character is probably Mickey. Um, where I'm just like, my God, you need some like healthy distance from your sister. <laughs> like, I don't know what your deal yes. is. <laughs> like this, this, like, I understand that this is platonic to you, but holy crap, dude. Um, <laughs> this, there is some dependency going on here that is really problematic. Um, and he is, I think, one of the only characters that really veers into like maybe homophobic where he's like he's in the moment it's not about that he's trying to talk about like you know defending his sister and whatever and is you know calling out yuri as a creep um but like he's really like the only problematic character in that regard for the most part um but the rest of them i all liked for all sorts of different reasons partly because they were characters you know um, I do have to say that I very much agree that by the end, I was definitely down with JJ. Like I was th just in a span of like two minutes, I was like complete 180 on him at first. I was right there with Yurio who was just kind of like, wow, this guy is even more annoying than them. And I agree. <laughs> I very much agreed with that. And then like, it comes back around at the very end with his last routine. And I'm like, holy crap. Like this character, I actually really like this character. Yeah. JJ was great because he didn't, he was trying so hard not to let it get him down and it was getting him down anyway. And he was still going to grin and give the public what they wanted and do the JJ style thing. And absolutely. I, I loved him so much. But yeah, I also agree with uh, Brandon about Mickey. I, I kept turning to Andy and saying, no, I have a brother and it's not like that. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that that's just creepy, man. <laughs> no. Bit, bit of a siscon. But uh, I, I will disagree. I think the most problematic, if we're going to identify any of them, although it's played off pretty humorously, so it, it's defrayed, but there's Georgie, the uh, Yurio's teammate, who's busy spite-hate dancing because he still loves the uh, oh yeah the mm -hmm. ice dancer who broke up with him. 
Yeah, and he's, he's just like, dancing oh. the whole time, and it's like, well, he's not gonna. Yeah, advance. that was a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that... it did it did lead to one of the best reaction things, where you got a, a close up of Anya who, who thumbs down, and <laughs> sticks her tongue out at him, and takes off, not gonna watch his thing, and he's like, oh. <laughs> I did. I did feel weirdly a little bit for uh, Sung Lee, the Korean skater. I mean, he comes across as the extraordinarily calculating one. And so from the audience perspective, we're meant to say, ah, he, he, it, it's a different perspective of a type of skater, but it's not one that's going to attract audience, uh, what is it, uh, empathy. In, in any particular way. So I'm like, well, he's not going to advance either. But uh, when it, when he does not, you uh, you do see him affected by the loss as well. So you, you get a little bit. Uh, I will point out something that, that most won't get and that I guess LB can't even appreciate. Uh, the overboardness of JJ specifically is brought is brought about by the way he's written his personality the way he's drawn of course every, everything about him and and his back and forth with Yurio is great but he has a particular voice actor Mamoru Miyano who is well known for his overboard complete lunacy sort of voicing and as JJ, he doesn't have the thing where he's talking so weird and crazed over the top all the time. He has his normal voice and then, uh, uh, what is it, leans into that at the appropriate places. So I enjoy the voice acting, particularly of JJ going over the top. Uh, although I... You couldn't ultimately sell me on the collapse to the level that he collapsed in the finals. I know that we're supposed to parallel that to uh, to what Yudi went through, but that was so far over the top, I feel. <laughs> that, <laughs> like, every quad turned into a single in the fall, and the, even his other one where he's kind of redeeming, he still turned one. I'm like, this feels like it's pushing a few too many buttons at the same time. But uh, I, I do enjoy, yes, him pulling himself out of it. But uh, I, I couldn't quite get sold on the level of collapse. Uh, but the other part of enjoyment is in the finals were introduced to Otebek as well. And his voice actor uh, and uh, JJ's voice actor are uh, two of the main characters on one of my favorite shows called Jihaya Fudu. So I enjoyed trying to uh, leak their other parts through each other. Yes, that's a tangent to anything Yuri on Ice related, but uh, <laughs> that, that's always a personal thing with me is noticing the, uh, the vocal attachments through other series character types and also just, uh, you know, are you bringing my favorites together on a show again? It's, uh, it's fun stuff for me. Brandon, you wanted to interject? Uh, I was just going to very much agree with the uh, that collapse was a little bit much bit. Just like from 
gymnasticsness that I've like seen. It's just like that level of competition, like on that kind of international stage, it's like they don't do that bad when they've like broken a bone and they're still competing anyways. You know what I mean? Like that was a really intense like meltdown that happened. Um, so yeah, like I, I totally agree. I think, I think it's a little bit hard to buy it and I have no problem just being like, sure. Okay. They were doing an interesting little mini story in there that I really liked. That was kind of about his like feeling ostracized sort of from that cohort of skaters but still feeling connected to his fans and the people that cared about him like his fiance who was just like the the best like i just loved her um <laughs> even though she has like yeah. two lines um <laughs> she just shows up crying and you're like oh man you are great lady i really like you um but yeah like i i, I do agree that is a huge belt on that's just so fake uh however we do get a uh a flashback of jj as a kid with his parents and his outfit is entirely uh cartman from south park i was actually just about to bring up if anybody (laughs) caught the south park reference Because he's because he's Canadian, so therefore he's got to look like a South Park character as a kid. Yeah. Actually, uh, that I, if I recall correctly, that reference was thrown in intentionally by the creative staff because they heard that the South Park creators were fans. <laughs> nice, that's funny. <laughs> that's great. So before we get too far into the final Grand Prix episodes, I want to talk a little bit about the trip to Barcelona and the ring scene, because I think that this is another really pivotal moment of the series. Um, I thought that this was one of the more emotional moments of the series. I thought it was really well done, even though they weren't explicitly trying to say, you know, oh, you know, they're getting married. Peachy even tried to say that later on and was <laughs> shot down very, very quickly yeah. by Yuri. Uh, so but I thought, only Yuri. And yeah. Victor. Well, Victor said, oh, oh, we're not married. We're just engaged. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that the ring scene outside the church was just a really well done scene. I thought it was really emotional, very sweet, very touching. Uh, it's one of the, I to use a word that was used earlier, I think it's one of the more poignant moments of the series, and I'm kind of curious if anybody agrees with me, or if they thought that that scene was a more over-the-top. Uh, Bama, let's go ahead, let's start with you. What did you think of that moment? In that moment, we'd been, uh, Andy and I had been watching this, and we had been marathoning it, which is never my preference uh, but I was able to st- pay attention the entire time. But in that moment, I made her put down her knitting so I could grab her hand. I'm actually going to be changing my name to match my family's uh, a week from tomorrow. And when we watched that, I had put in the paperwork to make that change for about two days. So it really hit me hard because of, you know, very personal reasons. Uh-huh. I was just like 
Oh my gosh, they're not exactly married, but they're as close as they're going to be able to get. And I'm not exactly married, but I'm going to be as close as I'm going to be able to get. And I don't think I actually cried, but I might have. It was, it was that, it was intense for me. <laughs> uh, Brandon, how about you? How did you react to that scene? I, <clears throat> I thought it was touching. I don't, I didn't quite have... Uh, that level of reaction really because honestly those kinds of traditions and formalities in general don't do a whole lot for me uh-huh. um it, it was much more all of them sitting down and going oh what's up with the rings and then uh <laughs> Pichit just being like one of my best friends just got married and i wanted to be like i want to hug that man like i love him for that you know, like no question, no, like what's going on? No concern. He wasn't flat footed. He was just stoked for his friend. And I was like, I love you. Um, <laughs> so like, like that stuff, I think I really was more moving to me than the, the ring scene, which I still really liked. Cause even though it's not significant to me, it, they the way they do it like it is very clearly significant to these people even though they're like calling them good luck charms or whatever they're whatever euphemism they're using you know like there's a weight to the part where yuri is like i'll pay for it in installments you know like (laughs) that's saying something very subtly but it's saying something about how critically important this is to him and that i think was very impactful Thank you for being my coach. Here are matching wedding rings. I yeah. mean, not not wedding rings. Good luck charms. Good, mm-hmm. good yeah. luck. I've always good wanted a good luck charm yeah. that I wear <laughs> with my coach. That's very much a golden band. <laughs> I forget it so if sweet. it definitely was. And uh, oh, what is it? I. Uh, uh, I certainly cry, but I cry at the drop of a hat because I'm a weepy little bitch. So it, <laughs> it doesn't take any I effort. Am... We'll uh, we'll put it that way. Not with the show. I am also a weepy, a weepy <laughs> one. <laughs> I I am not generally, but this got me. This show got me like several times. <laughs> yeah, good good things to get choked up about. And this is where I was implying before this was the payoff to my hope. And and it had been, you know, another two episodes with just more skating stuff and no other specifically particularly endearing scenes between Yuri and Victor. So this was where I'm like, okay, thank you. Uh, Because they could have ridden out, you know, with the one did they, didn't they kiss in the middle of the series. And wrote out the rest of it as a touching teacher student thing rather than anything further and there's like well okay there's obviously more feelings going on here uh that are reciprocated that uh that we're being <laughs> we're being explicitly uh uh shown there there isn't a whole lot of subtext here so that's good brandon you wanted to jump in yeah, I, I just, again, this is one of those things where, like, the show says stuff about what's going on and the acceptance of this stuff. 
Um, what I thought was remarkable about their relationship at this point is, again, it, the show kind of leans into tropes that are like, not just the will they, won't they, but like, oh, what was going on with Victor and Kristoff uh, at the pool, right? <laughs> and it would be so easy when Victor wanders off to go watch another skater. You're almost inclined to go, oh, is Yuri going to be jealous of this? But he isn't. Like, at no point is he. Like, there's that brief moment where you're supposed to think that maybe he will be. But he feels secure in this relationship, even though Victor is often portrayed as a sort of playboy. Um, and I just, I really love that about the show, that it is, again, intentionally sort of skewing those kinds of tropey, for-the-drama kind of things. <laughs> that That's certainly there. Uh, another possibility, of course, is due to just the complete overwhelming charisma of Victor in general, and when you combine the mature Eros that uh, Chris represented in yes. there, yes, definitely the scene between them, and, you know, it's explicit. He's talking, oh, I wanted to go skinny dipping. Well, don't let me stop you. I'll take pictures. The yeah. There was another <laughs> possibility... <laughs> there was another possibility that, you know, it, it becomes not just a thing that maybe Yuri would get jealous about, but it might be something where Vic, this is simply who Victor is and is not terribly serious about relationships, but is more of a swinger type or someone who's, yes, interested in Yuri, but maybe doesn't feel the same way. But then they play that off for laughs and both of them jump into bed naked with yuri at the yeah. uh, after their stop <laughs> from the pool anyway in a, in a right. really great bed diving scene and you're like okay so they they do get to uh they get to use the the humor elements of it to deflate any number of potentially dramatic scenes not the important ones more like you're talking about the ones that uh could be the tropey ones or could be the the more serious ones, but it, it's trying to, in the middle of it, uh, either tell you no or give you a conceivable out in a uh, in a situation to let it uh, play over the long haul, and you'll you'll know the serious scenes when they happen, uh, like early on uh, when Victor wants to break Yuri down, and. Mm. Uh, and he does quite effectively, but that's still them, you know, getting to know each other. And it represented an, an interesting form of uh, character growth for Yuri specifically was uh, was his extremely tearful scene. And then uh, that was episode seven, right? I believe was, so. Yeah, that was before it and then before the uh, did I surprise you and, and before the... Uh, before the kiss so yeah all through that there's a lot going on but uh yeah they they still had plenty of outs if they didn't want to do it and you had an awful lot of uh regular normal relationships uh being represented there so uh 
they they could they could have backed out of it. And that so, episode ten specifically makes me glad that they lock it in. So before we get into the final episodes, like really in depth, there's one last bit I want to talk about with everybody because this is my favorite sequence of the entire series and that would be the drunken dance off that plays during the credits of episode 10 yeah <laughs> i mean we've talked about the sense of humor in this series already and we've already talked about how this series wasn't afraid to make the audience laugh that drunk those the montage of that drunken dance off will make me laugh no matter how many times I watch it. I've watched this series all the way through at least half a dozen times, if not more. But that sequence with Yuri and Yurio and Kristoff uh, all just getting drunk and wasted and dancing with each other at the party always makes me laugh. And I'm kind of curious... Uh, Bama, how about you? What were you? What were your reactions to that? Those stripper moves, though. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and, and we were, like I said, we were, we were at this point marathoning it, and I'm trying to save time. So I told Andy that I was okay with us skipping the, 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 the opening sequence, which was really a very serious blow for me because I love the song. But yeah. I wouldn't let her skip this sequence. Heck to the no. <laughs> it was we we were laughing too hard to find the remote anyway. <laughs> it was it was it was a glorious thing. I was so very happy that they put that in there. The, uh, Brandon, how about you? Well, I, I tend to skip. It. Okay, so this is probably due to the fact that I. My, the origin of my anime viewing comes from like Shonen where uh -huh. nothing is happening in the credits and they're yeah. still just very long. It's like two minutes long and you're like, I'm just going to skip this. Um, and so I still have that tendency and I had been skipping the credit sequences uh, of the show. And the two that I, I obviously watched is the one earlier during the press conference where they're discussing the, what Yuri's theme is. Uh -huh. um, and then, and then this one, and I, at first didn't realize that the credits had started playing. And then I recognized that the, the text on it, I was like, oh, this is a credit sequence. And I even hit the button to skip. And then I realized that there was a lot of time left. And so it's got this whole sequence that is very charming and funny. And then after that, it like drops a bomb too. <laughs> it's yeah. like, this is plot, very plot relevant. Um, and it's the part where like afterwards during this, you know, ordeal, Yuri goes to Victor and is like, Hey, you're going to, after this season, you're going to come and be my coach. And Victor is like, okay. <laughs> and he doesn't forget, right? They make a joke about him being very forgetful about all sorts of things. Hey, I, I, let me guess. I made a promise and forgot what it was. Right. <laughs> but Victor remembers this for months and then comes to train with him anyways. Yeah, that, uh, that I, I had a different 
I mean, uh, obviously the uh, credit sequence for for it is extra special. Uh, I had a different reaction to it because, again, I'm so used to the here's an implied extraordinarily embarrassing thing that people are watching on their phones and not showing you and, uh, uh, you know, talking about and all the embarrassment and other stuff. And that just goes by. And normally that's all you get. You get the implied embarrassment. So by turning the end of the episode literally into people flipping through their uh, smartphones looking at pictures of that party of all of the stuff that was being talked about, including the pole dancing, which went, <laughs> I think, way beyond uh, <laughs> anyone yeah. thought a pole dancing scene would do with them basically trotting upon Chris's crotch at, uh, at some point. I think they've been uh, congratulated by professional pole dancers for the authenticity of that, too, which is uh, amusing. Uh, and yes, uh, obviously you you got that end hook there, and it's like, oh, so that's why uh, he had kept, and it it gives you a bit more of a uh, you know why was Yuri this very you know slight competitor who he's had no interaction with? Why was this someone who uh, he would feel any sort of uh, proclivity to come down and uh, uh, and coach him and uh, be there? But there, he obviously felt some kind of connection there. And you get that and you get to see, okay, there is an explicit thing going on, but it, we only get the reveal at the end of episode 10. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I will disagree, though. This is not my favorite moment in the series. My favorite scene, which is a bit shorter, not terribly shorter, but I think it was from the episode prior. It's where uh, Yuri makes it into the Grand Prix finals by the skin of his teeth because uh, Mickey didn't have a medal position. Uh, They tied on points, but he didn't have a medal position. So therefore, Yuri basically squeaked in at number six. Uh, And uh, (laughs) Sala comes up to to him and uh congratulates him with with the the guy he just kicked out of his position there her brother uh right nearby and yuri hugs her and mickey gets angry and he's just got this glazed eye look on and then he goes over and hugs mickey and (laughs) then he hugs jj after and then the other guy who I, i don't remember his name now but uh the, the one who was trying to go out to dinner with Sala and uh, Mickey was getting uh, jealous Abiel? at. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess it was Abiel. Uh And he's like, what is this, a hugging contest? And he's still just like a ninja looking for people to uh, express, you know, his extreme uh, <laughs> skinship abode with. And he locks on to Yurio at the end and there's a chase scene. And Yurio is like, what the hell's wrong with you? running away that i feel like that had the sort of the pinnacle of their kind of humor along with the level of uh intimacy between all of them as competitors and specifically just the level of intense you know relief that he was experiencing at that point obviously because victor also wasn't there so, uh, you, uh, 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 you know, if he had 
not made it at that point, there would have been uh, even more going on. Not, not that we, not that we as the audience thought there was any chance he wasn't making it to the finals, but even so, there is a lot to invest in, and uh, that scene was a, a very particularly amusing one uh, to pay it off for the show. So that's that's my favorite scene, which I have many screenshots of. <laughs> So, getting into the final, like, two episodes or so, we're getting into the Grand Prix final, and the finalists are set. There are two big stories going into these final episodes. There's a story between Yuri and Victor, and if Victor is going to continue to be his coach or not, because Yuri ends one of the episodes with saying, hey, you know, we should end this after this season is over and call it good and victor gets very upset and then there's the second story with the actual competition and is yuri going to succeed and get his gold medal uh let's go ahead let's start with the story between victor and yuri though because i want to go ahead and get into that a little bit before we start talking about the medal ceremony and everything um with the story between Victor and Yuri, I thought that it was really well done the way they teased the going back and forth because at some point in the series, both Yuri and Victor both talk about how, okay, we're going to do this for this season and we're going to see how it goes. And, you know, that's kind of how it, they kind of tease that back and forth and they both say that at some point. But then they also both change their mind and go, hey, I want to make this official. I want to make this go on even longer. Uh, I'm curious to know, uh, let's go ahead and start with Brandon. Brandon, what were you thinking was going to happen between Victor and Yuri at the end of the series at this point? Like episode 11, 12-ish what were you thinking was there did you have any like guesses on how the relationship or series was going to end uh i it was definitely not the way it ended um i part of me was like they could be really bold and just be like oh no no you don't understand i don't want you to be my coach because i want you to be something else to me um and I was like, but I don't feel like that's what they're going to do. I feel like, oh, well, he there's going to be some kind of conversation where he's like, they're going to use coach as a thing to get around that problem. And so there would be some way of the coaching continuing. Um, I definitely didn't really expect it to take the turn that it did, but... I think it did do a great job of taking something that I thought felt a little bit forced, that conversation in the hotel room where I was like, wow, for a show that has been like, oh, well, we're not going to do this dramatic, tropey thing intentionally. Uh, we're going to avoid it or just be upbeat it just leans into it all of a sudden, just like full force. And I'm like, wow, that was really blunt and feels forced. But again, they did it for a reason that as you go through that last episode in particular, you get 
you, you start to understand what it's doing in that space, why that had to happen for the rest of the things that happened in that episode to occur in a satisfying way, I guess. And it pays off really well. Uh, Bema, how about you? How are you feeling about the relationship between Victor and Yuri at this point? And did you have any guesses on how the series was going to end at this point? Honestly, I was kind of surprised and pleasantly so that they were actually having an argument at all in the first place. That, that um, especially with Yuri being so, it it, it felt a little more real to me. Like you're sp- starting to to see Victor as as less of this idol and more of a real person, and, and safe enough to disagree with him. I had I. I had high hopes for them. I was like, I'm not worried. I think that they can, uh, I think they love each other enough to pull it off. And and that was really as about as far as I was going. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not great. Like I said, I, I don't do a lot of love stories. So <laughs> this, I didn't have a lot to, to really base it on other than my own experiences. And I, I like I said, to me, it probably tells you more about me than it does the series, but the fact that Yuri felt safe enough to disagree made me happy. I don't like romantic stories either. Like this is, this is not my type of thing. Generally. I, I can kind of do rom-coms, but I tend to find them boring most of the time. Uh, so, and, <laughs> yeah I, I don't really care for them and like super romantic stuff tends honestly tends to fall into that very like dark sad dramatic for sometimes no good reason sort of space so like i i don't generally watch romantic stuff uh, i don't particularly care for it generally um and so like me watching actually enjoying this is unusual and I agree that that scene makes it says a lot about their relationship that Yuri is growing and feels comfortable and wants to be a partner in this relationship and not just constantly looking for Victor's validation and approval. Um, and yeah, just to see Victor crying, <laughs> like you're just like, wow. Okay there's a thing going on here. And like, I understand this emotion. I understand why he feels like that in a way that's really effective. Like the, the emotions feel very rooted in a way that you understand. I'm just really glad to hear that you say you enjoyed it. Cause I thought about you a lot in the middle <laughs> of all this. I'm going, I am loving this. It's this simple, sweet, love story and it's completely adorable and i hope poor brandon isn't like clawing <laughs> his eyes out tears. <laughs> i was afraid that i would like i was legitimately afraid that i would because it is so much just not my thing like i am not the you know fairy tale ending type of person like i i like things a little bit more i most romantic stories are so lovey-dovey and pretty and beautiful. And I tend to prefer a more like passionate and messy, 
but not necessarily depressing view of like romance and so this type of thing generally doesn't click with me but the way they managed to do it still drew me in yes it it feels at the same time i could see why people considered it to be very rose-colored but at the same time it felt a it felt more real to me than a rom-com ever could yep this scene in particular, I think to me is where it started to turn into, okay, here's the, here's the melodramatic, uh, you know, spin at the end. And, uh, there are definitely a number of series who do something like this, the, uh, okay, let's, let's end this kind of thing. And then you'll find out in an epilogue if they went on with their lives and found other people or, at some point in the future, get together again. Uh, Yuri had been talking about this being, you know, the last time he could be competitive uh, and the, uh, uh, you know, his final season. He had talked about it specifically enough that uh, it, it certainly did feel authentic enough for him to say, to be very firm about saying this is this will be his final performance. He's going to retire after this. And then, uh, you know, ending it. And I was busy trying to figure out, okay, in, in what way will this get spun? Because a lot of the, the other thing that's very obvious there is that he wants Victor to become a competitor again. So he's taking the self-sacrificing portion of, you know, if I pull myself out completely, I will... I will do my blaze of glory here. This is the only shot I'm going to have. I will do as well as I can, but uh, regardless of anything, this will be it for me. And I will free Victor to be able to return to competitive skating too. I, I will free Victor back to the world again uh, because the world obviously wants Victor. I mean, at least a good 98% of the world wants Victor. Let's yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so it felt like that's it. And then I'm like, okay, is that going to be the thing? And then we get, do we get the epilogue where we either get to be melancholy about something that uh, failed to be or get the thing that, you know, after his competitive... Either he will willingly still give up his competitive career and they will just become a couple, or years down the line, you know, Yuri is just teaching classes of kids at the skating rink and Victor shows up at the end to, uh, after he's won a few more world titles, because why not? Maybe maybe by the time he's 49, he'll be ready to, uh, to retire. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Is that all we'll get out of it? And uh, I'm I'm glad the story takes the spin that it does, but that was what I expected out of it. I wasn't sure how it would end, but it did feel fairly firmly rooted in in a normal thing where one of the people has decided to sacrifice their their love for the greater good trademark. Uh, and and Yuri is definitely the type of character to do it. What did uh, 
what did you think at this at this point? Uh, you know, the first time you watched it, not uh, not the other eighteen. Uh, not the other eighteen. Um, <laughs> uh, if I recall correctly, when I was watching this weekly. I was convinced that we were going to get the super mega happy ending. I was convinced that the series was going to pull another swerve and give us the ending that people were really kind of wanting. Yuri was going to go on to get his medal. They were going to go off. They were going to be happy together. Things were going to be cool. And then, you know, it didn't really do that (laughs) so yeah so i was wrong which is not uncommon when i try to make anime predictions but uh getting into the secondary story of the finals of the final episodes i'm going to spend just a couple of minutes briefly going over this because we're almost at two hours now uh, so with the last co- with the competition and Yuri not winning the gold medal, was that satisfying for everybody? And the way that they wrap things up with Yuri taking the silver rather and Yurio taking the gold, uh, was that a satisfying ending for everybody? Bama, let's go ahead. Let's start with you. How were with the wrap up of the final episode? How satisfied did it leave you? This was where I was very glad I had spoilered myself. When I read it, I had to reread it like three times to be certain that uh, this particular Yuri got the gold. But that meant in for me that when Victor leans into Yurio, and I can't remember his exact words, but he says something that feels really weird and out of context. But then when Yurio gets the gold by like, you know, 0.02 points or something like that, it really, it rang true. And I was like, that's what he was doing. Victor was coaching Yurio because he could coach Yurio and Yuri at the same time because he is that badass. <laughs> and, and and that's really what it that's really kind of where that went with me. So I was I was I was delighted, not going to lie. I I it, it it hit a lot better than I expected it to. Brandon, how about you? How satisfied were you with the ending? Did it leave you well you know, satisfied? Did it leave you disappointed at all? I think it was pretty spot on. Like, I would have been less satisfied if if Yuri won the gold. Because it it's not what the story is. Like, the story is about these people chasing after the gold. They're all chasing after the gold. And nobody is necessarily more deserving but the story is really i mean at least in terms of what the figure skating is really about is about this particular character inspiring other people right like he inspired victor that's why victor wanted to coach him and through that he also inspired yurio to surpass victor to 
accept Yuri as a real competitor, as somebody to to be competed against very real, very really. And so like there is this cycle of inspiration throughout all of these characters. And it's a lot of it has to do with Victor being inspired through Yuri. So the ultimate goal is not for Yuri to win. It's for all of them to get better. And that's why Yurio wins. Yurio, everything finally clicks. He's properly inspired and wins because of it. And this inspires everybody else, you know? And so I think if Yuri had been the one to win, it would have felt a little bit hollow because that's not what is special about Yuri. It's not that he is the best skater. He is skating with such intention of the message that it's it makes everybody else better, basically. I guess I will lean in and say I do think there is a bit of confusion and missteps in here. Not that I think Yuri should have gotten the gold, definitely not in this case. But my analytical brain was really having problems with the points relative going in here and trying to figure out how they were playing things around. How to, how does Yuri make a, you know a set piece has been scoring like 108, 109 uh, in his first technical piece. He adds difficulty to it and one hands one thing but goes down to like 98. He loses so many points there and I'm like, ah, oh, God, I don't understand how this works well enough to to know what's going on because it, it sets up a particular position that he has to go and of course it's masterful that his piece his music his last what we think is the last time he's going to skate on ice is a world record winning thing uh it's definitely you know part of it that we're seeing yuri is uh inspiring other people including yurio you get a quick flashback of the previous grand prix finals where he's like you know that when i watch this guy uh you know when i watch his steps i'm just captivated but you know what the hell is wrong with him <laughs> and then uh, kicks uh kicks on his bathroom door as he's uh collapsing i think the poetic and better tactical version of it would have been for Yurio to take the world record and beat one of Victor's records, Yuri to take the other one and beat Victor's record, which both happened. That was great. But I don't think either of them should have gotten the gold. I think that uh, someone like either Otebek or Chris should have ultimately won gold because... I think specifically the problem with Yurio having his senior debut basically be jump in, win a world record, win gold, uh, beat every other skater at 15 years old. I'm like, you're, you're kind of making it hard to do because this is a kid at the very beginning of his career who's going to be getting stronger and longer limbed uh, and be even more accomplishable than he is right now where he already beat everybody. Uh, <laughs> and admittedly, everyone is so at this level, everyone is so close in ability that you can have things swinging either way. 
and maybe it makes you feel like there could be a thing between the Yuris and Victor in the next season if we were ever to get something like that. But I didn't really like that Yurio specifically took it. I think the full poetic thing would have been for one of the other mature skaters who were chasing Victor to finally have their ability to get the gold, but then both of the Yuris take the world record. So they all the the entire podium at that point would have been uh, you know, a world leader in a specific way and fueled a, a much more exciting possible next season. I know they, they make it so that Yurio ends up uh what is it, being a you know, a first of his kind in anything to take a world record and a gold at the Grand Prix in a, in a debut. Yes, that that's fine, but it it feels like it's stretching a little too far and locking yourself in for something that could come after. Now, maybe that's never going to be the case anyway, because I believe even the movie is a uh, prequel rather than yeah. a... Uh, continuation so we may never get more story and it may not matter but i i think that there is still to to make it so that both yuris are still fighting and aspiring it wouldn't just be you know victor whispering to someone to make sure that you know yuri can't do what he wants which is to win gold and then retire make him eat his love of skating and uh continue on which is what happens, which is good. Uh, but I think same thing. I, th- I think there's still a little bit of humility that they uh, should have <laughs> stuffed down Yurio's gullet as well. So we that's, a couple of that's, a, that's a very weak complaint about the, it all, but uh, I feel like that would have been the, the best poetic ending for it. Uh, we have a couple of interjections. Brandon first, and then Bama, and then we'll wrap things up. So, Brandon, you wanted to say something? I mostly just wanted to agree, because I think what the show is kind of saying throughout this is that Yuri needs to keep competing because Victor needs him to. Um, like, the problem that the sport kind of had as a whole was it was dominated by the same person for so long and he didn't have anybody to chase. He was just the best. And so it, the sport wasn't really growing the way it should. It become kind of stale. And to everybody else, they were still chasing Victor, right? But Victor hadn't ran out of places to go until Yuri came along. And Yuri sort of inspired Victor in a way that nobody else did. And I think to an extent, Victor actually thought that what he was supposed to be inspired to do was to coach when really he needed to be inspired to be a better version of himself. Um, so like, yeah, I agree that like you end up, if if you have Yurio win, you kind of end up setting up the next Victor, which is not really that positive of a note when you consider that why this is special is because Victor is not what's leading everybody. It's it's basically the sport is being taken in a just a different direction inspirationally, you know? 
Uh, Bama, you wanted to jump in? I am so sorry. I should have written it down. <laughs> I, it is gone now. <laughs> it took a little gap between the time you raised your hand. Okay. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, I, that's why I put the hand down. I was like, oh, I want to say... Wait, <laughs> oh, what was that? Forget it. And, and it's all good. Don't worry sorry. about it. What, what, but, uh, what about... Uh, what about you, LB? You you can't escape this. Uh, I thought the ending was really satisfying. I thought that they did a great job of it. Like I said earlier, I predicted the happy ending, and I was way off, but I didn't mind it. I thought that the ending wrapped up really well. I'm still really bothered that we did that they didn't continue on with it um i think that this is one of those series where if they had continued on with it it would have been great and fabulous but at the same time i can also understand why they you know called it good where they did uh they are going to be doing a prequel movie at some point in the future it's been delayed like three or four times by now uh, but I think that overall the ending was satisfying and that they probably, they could have continued on, but at the same time, I'm also glad that they didn't. Uh, Brandon, you wanted to say something? Yeah, it was just that I think that it had to only be one season. While I think I agree that it could have been great if they had done more, I think by cutting it short, it kind of seals the idea that this moment in time was important, but there are infinitely many continuing important moments. And that, uh, was it maybe JJ said something along the lines of uh, the, the greatest story is the story that never ends. And by restricting it to one season, it's saying we don't need to tie these all up this story never ends. Mm-hmm. And I, I so I, I think that like it had to end. They couldn't do more. All right. So uh, we're just about at two hours. Does anybody have any final thoughts or opinions that they want to share before we wrap things up? I do want to interject entirely weirdly that uh, I want to say during the second episode, I, I turned to Andy and said, exactly how is it that Victor speaks perfect Japanese? <laughs> and, and without missing a beat, she turned to me and said, he doesn't. Uh, Yuri learned Russian just to impress Victor. And so did everyone <laughs> else. And so headcanon... All of that was in Russian. Go <laughs> speaking Russian and the triplets are speaking Russian. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. Yeah, see, it all tracks. Okay. <laughs> all right. So on that note, let's go ahead. Let's wrap things up. Thank you very much to CT, Bama, and Brandon for joining me this time. It was a lot of fun. I hope you guys had fun as well. Damn fun. Absolutely. Yep. Yay. <laughs> 
And uh, thank you to all of you for listening to us. We hope that you enjoyed listening to us ramble on for the last couple of hours. Please make sure you check us out again next month when we return for another series that has yet to be decided on or any of our other podcasts. We have over 30 episodes now, so feel free to jump right in and let us know what you think. Uh, if also, no matter where you're listening to this, if you could give us a little like, share, subscribe, or even leave a little review, that would be fabulous. It would help us out a ton. Until we talk to you all again, have a great night, everybody. Bye, folks. See you. Bye, y'all.